a lot of the discussions are kind of coming back to revenue, mm-hmm. right? And even coming up with solutions, marketing solutions that are more aligned with the revenue owner, you know, hey, we, we got a sales strategy. What can we do from a marketing perspective? And, and just that tighter alignment from a marketing and sales, but almost where the sales leaders are, are really kind of driving that conversation more and more and more. And if it's not the sales leaders, it's the presidents, could even be the founder or the owner if it's a midsizer, right? Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode 86, according to Maria. Who do we have? Kevin Butler. Kevin Butler. Michael Trixani. What's up? Well, that's it. That's it. That's it. It's a quick one. Uh, welcome back. Welcome what do we back. call these? It was like the personal series or I forget what we I know. Them. We need to come up with like a... a the executive series. The executive series. <laughs> oh, that would be sad. Poor, poor Robin and Chris. They're not executives anymore. They've been busted down. Well, no, I think what we've got is a, a tighter format in this particular podcast. And we've done a few others like this where we kind of get right into it more more of like a factual, this is how you do something rather than a discussion about a, a broader uh, concept. Yeah, just a little different, a little different. Plus they're on they're on a sales call right now. It's acceptable. To, yeah, they're trying to close business. So fine, fine, we'll live with that. Um, okay, so we're doing, so normally we target last year and for many years really, we, we go after kind of the marketing lead, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes it's a small marketing team, sometimes it's a big marketing team. Um, and that shapes the type of engagement that we have, you know, if it's a small marketing team, we're probably, uh, more involved in kind of the strategy as well as many more of the tactics. If it's a larger marketing team, you know, we may have little slivers of specialization that we get involved in or big slivers, but this time around, and I think going forward, uh, because of some of the economic shifts, we're seeing kind of alignment. Um, for a lot of the, a lot of the discussions are kind of coming back to revenue, Mm -hmm. right? And even coming up with solutions, marketing solutions that are more aligned with the revenue owner, you know, Hey, we we got a sales strategy. What can we do from a marketing perspective? And, And just that tighter alignment from a marketing and sales, but almost where the sales leaders are, are really kind of driving that conversation more and more and more. And if it's not the sales leaders, it's the presidents could even be the founder or the owner if it's a midsizer, right? Yeah, I think the revenue holder, that's what we were calling it before, be it uh, president CEO or um, CRO or VP sales, whatever. Um, I think historically, we've certainly seen this. Um, they're the ones that are trying to pull together the motion or the fluidity of how does marketing support um, direct attributable sales, mm-hmm. whereas I think historically, um, some marketing teams haven't been quite as connected um, with you know relating output of their department and their efforts to um, attributable sales. So I think speaking more to this, the revenue holder in this case is kind of where we wanted to go, and it's kind of been a natural shift, anyways, in in our audience. And certainly in the last 12 months, that's really picked up with all the macro going on. Yeah. And I think we're seeing, I mean, for some organizations, they, they may have more of an awareness of this term, but like, you know, revenue operations and like, what does that actually mean? And I think the Gartners and these guys are covering this as a, as an area now. And it, 
really when we look at it, a lot of it's like marketing just embedded into sales pipeline. More intelligently. More intelligently. Yeah. And, and I think aligned with the, like what we're going to get into is what's the sales plan, right? Like sometimes you bring that up and it's like, well, what's sales plan? And the marketing team's like, well, I, we, we got some ideas on what we're doing from how we're yeah. structured, but not not as like ingrained, right? But do you think it's funny? So the, the more intelligently comment, if we just kind of unpack that really quick, it's... Um, there was once a time things were so great where marketing is doing huge, big, and B2B marketing specifically mm-hmm. um, are doing these huge, big branded things, right? No direct attribution. It's more brand and awareness building. Yep. And then we fall into tighter times and we're just like, let's check all that out. Yeah. We, we need things that directly align with revenue today. Yeah. It's lead gen. It's expansion of customer base. You, you know, the, um, the areas there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now there, there's definitely, and I do agree with some of this, there's, there's kind of a movement on the other side where it's, where now we're linking some of the brand and awareness stuff to long-term pipeline and sure. more attributable revenue. And it's true, like you, an unknown business and technology can't just go into uh, some sort of industry or vertical and just start having good messaging and it really picks up immediately. There is a slow burn there. So I do think... It's sort of interesting that we've we've realized there is a place for investment in brand and awareness, and there are ways to actually measure that as well. So that's a, that's a positive thing as far as the maturity of how marketing operates. Yeah, yeah, I think there's exactly you know maybe it's a bit of a pendulum kind of coming back to to the middle for some of the marketing organizations that yeah. had you know certainly through the pandemic, but also maybe even a bit before that on the bull run, just a lot more to, that they could do and. Again, not necessarily good times are good times, so they're not necessarily like directly having to attribute everything that's going on back to a pipeline, but then realizing that you can't just ignore brand awareness completely because you know your audience is not ready to buy right now, and if you don't have ways to maintain top of mind awareness, then um, you know when they go to do something, they'll be like, yeah, you're just one more piece, but we're not aware of you, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I agree. Um, so I guess if you're looking at like how do we approach it, I know we're we're retooling some of the solutions to align more with revenue operations and just revenue ownership. But but let's talk about how do we go into a sales organization and say, yeah, okay, like how do we how do we, I guess, augment it or or dovetail a marketing program underneath a sales go to market? Yep. Um the first caveat I would say is like the, the nature of our businesses, we only really hear from organizations who have gaps like what we're talking about. Mm. There are lots of organizations out there who have a lot of this stuff figured out, like we're talking about, or perhaps they've got a different approach. Mm-hmm. But we don't see those because they've got it figured out. Um, so that's kind of maybe like the first sort of like disclaimer or caveat. But typically what, what we see is there's a, a, a senior revenue holder and... Um, usually there's an existing marketing team, but they aren't quite aligned in what they're doing and how the marketing efforts really feed into building pipeline and hopefully revenue growth. And where I see us being deployed is, is twofold. The obvious one is additional hands on the marketing team to go and do more, mm-hmm. uh, bigger, faster, additional programs, lead gen campaigns, things like that. But the other one that I think sort of a bit more understated, but very clear when you talk to the revenue um, holders and owners, they really see this and need this too. They get it right away is the, the, the ability to connect the two. What are the sales objectives 
and how is it the things that marketing is doing or are going to do going to directly connect and sometimes it's a bit of a, a go-to-market approach trying to understand well who the audience is how do they buy and how can marketing insert themselves in those kinds of conversations um, intelligently um, with reasonable expectations around how long we think that would take right so if you had like say your revenue plan and i think this is where we've seen gaps in the past from the marketing team you would say like you know we don't necessarily have a revenue plan so this would be coming down from the overall kind of top levels into into the sales organization around let's say winning back customers or like to tackle our churn and but then on the marketing team be like hey that's we got a really good idea like we could put in a program a, a campaign an automated one even that you know is going to like go and try to win back customers mm -hmm. and hey that that could be x amount of effort over a certain amount of period of time to put it in but it's like we don't actually have like a strategy there and it might be because the churn that we have isn't really worth that much to us you know it might be that we're only churning a hundred grand a year for or for a you know a SaaS company that, that's doing like you know 10 million in ARR and it's like you know we don't really see that as a priority but isn't it always worth it like I know what you mean and everyone's going for like the biggest rock to make the biggest uh, impact but when I hear that though not to say this is the the be all end all solution, but wouldn't you just create some sort of even a basic automated program? Yeah, I think you, I think you would to the extent that, you know, it's not going to be a big exercise, but I exactly. think when you're engaging a vendor or you're, you're looking at marketing cloud and you're looking at all the, and all of a sudden like putting in something that's actually going to make sense to your business, you know, that isn't just a one-off thing because you might have nuances in like the client types and stuff like that. All of a sudden your win back strategy is like, Oh geez, this is like, going to cost us a hundred grand implement. It's like, well, we don't lose. My point was more so that the alignment sure. of the revenue program, right? In that point, they're just sort of coming up with ideas and they're not really aligned with, with what the business really yeah. has. And I think that conversation from a marketing perspective, that business head needs to sort of grow up to say like, it turns out that we do have a million dollars worth of churn or 500 K worth of churn. And it's really worth it for us because it's only a 50 K initiative over over 60 days for us to go and put something in that's relatively decent to try to go attack that and we can measure it mm -hmm. over two or three quarters mm -hmm. and see how it's going. Like, I think that they don't necessarily think about it from that perspective, which is kind of what you were saying. Oh, you know? I like that call. It, yeah. Yeah, I do agree. I think there's also like the risk of churn too, getting ahead of it. That, that may be a completely different podcast altogether. Yeah. But usually once they've churned, it's too late. So how do you identify the patterns or behaviors sure. such that you can get in front of it because that might make a more meaningful impact especially yep. when you look at other metrics whether it's like i don't know nr percentages and things like that anyways right so finding obviously when we think about like aligning to a revenue what are the things that like come to your mind around like unpacking the sales plan you know mm -hmm. the types of questions that you'd want to know to say well yeah you know okay I, I now understand kind of the channels you're going after or the way you've structured your sales team now we can start talking about you know what you need from a marketing. So there's a few angles there. I, I think uh, to break them down, there's number one is going to be let's look at the makeup of the team today. Mm -hmm. um, number two is going to be let's look at the sort of the industry, the vertical, the market in terms of uh, perceived demand. So let's kind of we'll go back. So to number one, if we look at the team for a minute and, and kind of how it's set up, and if we just assume that's going to be the team for the foreseeable future, no major you know uh, headcount changes or anything like that. Mm -hmm one way or the other additions or subtractions i think it's if you have a huge bdr team and they're fairly efficient 
that could be your first indicator. Maybe you're actually in a position to think about doing some sort of inbound push. And one thing that we kind of hear and see all the time is it really from a marketing campaign perspective and even sort of a, a sales and marketing alignment go to market. A lot of buzz terms there, but essentially how are you going to go out and get leads and new business? Right. It's going to come down to inbound or outbound. Inbound be what are you pulling in? Yep. And outbound is going to be what are you pushing out to and sort of wedging your foot in the door. If you have a large BDR team that can um, intake, qualify, and follow up with leads, that'd be part one. If you have none of that, that might change the spectrum. The second point on the market is going to be what's the maturity of the market in terms of demand? Is it a known product, service, solution that your organization offers? Like if we just say CRMs, everyone knows CRMs. So there's a lot of you know built-in demand in the market. People are right. constantly searching best CRM best CRM for this specific instance. We have even thriving niche CRM sure, sub-industries. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So that's a lot of demand. But if it's net new category where there isn't a lot of demand, then you actually have to go out and build that demand yourself. So again, if it's, and... if it's a well-known, mature uh, mm -hmm. technology category, we're, we're focusing on B2B, but if it is that, then you can do an inbound model and you can get pretty efficient on it. Is it a content-led approach? Is it going really heavy on paid spend because it does actually make sense because your um, your average deal size makes sense and can justify it, right? Usually that number is like 15 to 20K a year on, on SaaS licensing. Right. Um, but if it, again, if, it, if it's a new category that you're trying to in part create, you and maybe a handful of other vendors, and you're just really ahead of the Gartner Forrester curve, then you have to go and build that. And the BDR team makes less sense there and it comes down to more thought leadership, that's where some of that brand building we talked about earlier kind of kicks in. Yep. Um, and telling the story around impact, and impact to me right now is defined as either increases in productivity or sales or optimizing revenues or optimizing spend as a whole, cost savings efficiencies. That's Those are the kind of the high level messages yeah. and cracking through with creative ways to do that. Yeah, it's interesting when you talk about like more mature markets and um, the baked-in demand and just sort of the baked-in kind of uh, education that would exist in a, in a mature market. I think the other kind of challenge for a lot of those businesses that have probably grown to a point where, you know, through sales or otherwise, where they have an established business, but they're in a mature market is is how do you get somebody to move it's like mm -hmm. hey i'm if we go back to the tech example it's like okay well i'm on crm a for whatever industry let's even say it's one of the subs and it's like okay but how do, you know what what is it going to be to make me move to crm b right like like yeah how are you going to do that so and i i think that kind of exists even even in our company right like we've got like we're kind of you could argue is sort of a mature market from a everybody can can talk about having a marketing agency or a support yep. function and you're out there and you're doing business and it's like well i already have one and devil you know or just like it's pretty good already so it's like well what's it going to be to make it move it's always easier in in theory yeah to switch off of that right yeah exactly so you got like i think that's a, a really maybe that's for a separate like podcast to talk about like mature markets and just hey now you've grown to a certain size but everyone around you has also grown to a certain size. So then you look at these industries are consolidating and that's kind of partly how they're growing. Yep. Or they, they, they bite off another 
sort of focus of industry yes, or, or whatever, or perhaps focus, it's yeah. the acquisition or some of the roadmap changes so yeah. they can expand their TAM a little bit. Yeah. Um, we see that, but something you're saying there reminds me of a conversation I was having uh, just this week. And I think you see this a little bit in mature industries mm-hmm. is I think sometimes as, as marketers, um, we, we kind of view things in sort of in tracks or in defined walls. Well, this is kind of how the industry works. And it's like, you know, there's sort of known things. It's like, there's three or four leaders and you got to pitch it like this. And it's three to five year deals or like whatever it is. Yeah. And this organization I was talking about, they were saying, well, you know, we don't really have experience in this particular, um, solution or application, but they have a really great experience in an adjacent, uh, logical connected, um, category or vertical. Mm-hmm with solutions that are just mind blowingly strong. Like they're a very good organization. And then like, I, I just kind of said, yeah, you do have a story here and you as the marketers have the ability to tell any story you want. You don't have to pigeonhole yourself into saying, well, we don't really have, you know, answers for vertical A, but we do for vertical, you know, B. You can tell the story and merge the two such that you have amazing experience world-class solutions for both applications, frankly. Right. And it's how you spin it and position it. And I think in a mature industry, there is room there for some innovation where instead of just approaching, yeah, we're a CRM and we have leads and contact records and stuff like that, you can really approach it differently. And I think maybe that's missing a little bit in those mature markets. Whereas when you're category building in that outbound push Mm -hmm. or motion that we were just talking about, you have no choice but to tell the story best suited to how you deliver some sort of similar solution. And anyone who's been in sort of category building or I would say less mature categories knows that it's a little bit of the wild, wild west and you're looking at your closest yeah. comparables as far as competitors. And sometimes it's not always apples to apples. Oh, for sure. But everybody's saying the same thing and it's like, no, no, we're not actually the same. We're just lumped together in this category. But you kind of try yeah. to write a, a bit of a wave together. Well, yeah. you know, if three or four uh, good quality companies are all sort of sort of seeing the same thing, we're trying to get uh, adoption yeah. across like that TAM. Yeah. But we are very different. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, we're, but we're very different. Yeah, that's, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think that's good. I mean, we've talked about inbound versus outbound. I did want to touch a little bit about on the inbound because I think, uh, we were talking earlier about, you know, is it a, is an inbound strategy that, you know, applicable for all businesses? And I think where we kind of landed was that likely when we think of inbound, a lot of times we think of search because like whether yeah. it's through content and you're, you know, you're getting picked up through some sort of like it, it like already established intent, you know, whether it's keyword paying, paying for keywords, or, you know, you're doing a content strategy. The idea is that people are out there searching around, looking for something, wherever that happens to be. And you want to, you want to appear. And and our feeling has always been that you want to max that strategy out to the extent that you can with a cost of effectively. Um, And in some ways, if you have to prioritize as a sales team or, or, you know, an overall business, Am I going to go out and try to build demand over here, you know, through an outbound education or whatever, or am I going to really try to get my inbound going? Sometimes like I tend to lean towards like figure that, that piece out to the point that you can feel like, okay, at least I've checked that box. And I know that if somebody is out there, I I'm good. Right. Yeah. I think just, just to go back, as you were saying that, I kind of maybe think I just want to clarify, I think 
earlier you said, well, what would you look at? How, how do you think about it? I would like to reverse the order. I think priority one, let's look at the market in sort of that category and a vertical. Like, mm-hmm. is there an understood need for the solution or are you really having to explain everything in an outbound motion? Yes. That's number one. Number two is then looking at the makeup of your team today. And that can include like if you had a, a really good agency that's kind of, you know, bolted on to your org. Mm-hmm. But what's the total capabilities of what that looks like? Because I think then you have to play to your roster, so to speak. If you, if, if you say, well, yeah, look, there's a strong understanding of um, of this solution. There's definitely demand in the market. And we think we can go capture it via inbound strategies. Well, do you have a team that can actually support that? Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think you have to, this is where marketing can um, pull their socks up and tighten a little is getting more ingrained into one, the sales process to make sure that those leads coming in are actually dealt with efficiently, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But I think the other part would be, well, what are the average contract values? Yeah. If the ACV isn't high enough to justify, you know, a $300 acquisition cost, then this whole thing's not going to work anyways. Right. So I think there's got to be some backwards math to figure some of that out. And I think marketers are getting better at tying in deeper into that. Yeah. But that's, if I'm the, the revenue holder, that's where I'm asking marketing to step up and, and connect those dots. Yeah. Like you could say, even that understanding within a certain channel or, or vertical that you, you refer to that other company that you said had an adjacent component, right? Even being able to wrestle that to the ground. And I realize there's seasonal and there's yearly changes and stuff like that. But at mm-hmm. least if you could say as a team, Hey, you know, we've wrestled down the inbound component. We, you know, we spent, we spent, 120 days we feel like that's a reasonable amount of time given the like what you said the competitive nature and Mm -hmm. all the components and to be able to say um it actually isn't worth it for us to continue to invest in it like at least right now right that is a huge win if you're the revenue owner because you're like okay well now we really understand that um and it might be that, hey, you know, we got we got 100 leads and it turns out that like 10% of them were actually wheelhouse and and one of them closed. And it's just not it's just not enough for us to really feel like that's going to be a strategy that makes sense, given the amount that goes into it. Like that's a win for these organizations. It's also a win if you're the revenue holder and you've got marketing coming to you with that kind of intelligence. Yeah. And insight. I'm like, wow, you're really thinking about our business here, like critically. Yeah. That in itself is a huge win. Yeah. Hopefully it turns out to be more along the lines of partnering with sales to say, hey, you know what? It actually is. It does contribute, maybe not to the degree that, you know, we would we would love it to, but you know what? Keep keep the lights on and, and provide a level of lead flow. We, we realize only half of them are going to be decent, but we'll sift through them. And then I think you look at the other side of the equation when you're talking about not even so much outbound from uh hey we got to educate the 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 landscape i guess i guess it you you that's kind of like tertiary to the sales one-on-one kind of stuff whether it's like hey we want to get marketing to help us drive mini events or Mm -hmm. breakfasts or um you know even some of these high level thought leadership type webinars where we're going to be really selective of who we ask to come to those things it's not like mass market where we're going to go let everybody come to this like sales is sort of partnering up with us to say we're going to bring 40 people to this thing and this is these are the you know we got 200 companies we want 40 of them and they're very specific and i feel like that really resonates with revenue leader because it's like yeah because i know what if i get 40 of those people there 
at my breakfast or even 20, we're going to have some really good conversations and likely be able to pull some of those guys through. I mean, if you're, if your Tam is that tight, then you already know one, there isn't that many active deals going on at any given time. And two, there's probably longer sales cycles too. Mm-hmm. And they're involved, which means if you were able, like if a marketer came to you and said reasonably of a really shortened list of the best of the best, that's 40 organizations and yep. we can get somewhere like 12 to 20 of them there. That's amazing. Yep. And secondly, as a revenue holder, you'd be like, if you got any more, I don't know if we have the resources internally to support that many active deals, which take six to 10 months or something like that. Yeah. Like that would be a concern too. But so I think that'd be a real, real strong. Yeah, and even if you said like, you know, it's one thing for a marketing qualified lead, if you want to call it that, if you've got like inbound hand raiser, that would be, that would be almost an SQL, right? Which yes. you might, you might pay an X amount for. But I think on an, I think if you looked at the total cost of your MQLs and that conversion rate to SQLs, you might say, you know what, even if we're having a run because we're a distributed sales org and we actually have a fairly large TAM, even it, our strategy is to run these, these engagements in multiple cities, one a month. Mm-hmm. So, and when we look at getting 25, 30 people to a breakfast and adding the cost up to that, to the cost that we're going to spend to drive, a, a, a you know, 2000 MQLs that only a small percentage of them go anywhere like you start to see why kind of doing some of this math could really make sense and it's like well actually you know what that's a thousand dollars in sql anyway and if we get 30 people to a room that are high quality maybe that's worth it right i i I would take that scenario all day long too right like it's the whole quality over quantity yeah like that that's it in a nutshell like I, i think that's perfectly laid out makes sense okay well i you know i mean i'm I've got a lot of good insight, you know? so it <laughs> doesn't surprise me that you think it's perfect. Do you okay. think it's perfect, Maria, too? Yeah, Maria's nodding her head. So we'll keep you back for episode 87. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, I think it was pretty good. I mean, I think what we're saying is that, you know, just to just to kind of close out here, that there has been a shift around kind of the the overall size of the tap that marketing I think has had available to them to, to run programs and not that they were just doing things off to the side, but there's a a greater emphasis around revenue. And I think what we're seeing is that that revenue owner is really weighing in on some of the call it marketing budgeting decisions because we want it to be, they want a tighter alignment to the sales Mm -hmm. plan than we've seen in the, in the past. Right. So we're, we're here to help from a strategic perspective, a marketing leader uh, and the sales leader kind of tie those pieces together. You know, when we talk about what they're trying to do and how that actually gets executed um, within, a, within a marketing operations, revenue operations kind of approach. Right. Like if marketing can embed themselves more deeply into how to kind of positively move forward leads and, and into actual pipeline. That's really the, the secret sauce there. And it's not too much of a leap. It's a logical leap, but I think they have to get there. That's really what's required. And that's what that revenue owner is, gonna uh, is requiring. All right. Well, thank you until next time. Next time.